You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And this episode released on Black Friday. So if you are a man... I mean, heck, you could be a woman. I don't, you know, I, I don't care who listens to this podcast. Sitting in a car or on a bench waiting for your wife to go do some shopping thing and and she felt like it was a good idea to involve you in, in this day. I hope that this episode brings you a little joy, right? <laughs> so um, just keep grinding it out and uh, stick with it. And then at the end of the day, you can uh, drink yourself to sleep if that's in fact what you need to do to uh, forget about Black Friday shopping. I can remember years ago going on uh, one Black Friday where I was just like, you know what, it can't be that bad. Let's go on a Black Friday uh, little day date or trip. And uh, it was, to this day, maybe one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. So congratulations for toughing it up, gentlemen, if if you're out there trying to build some kind of brownie points or you know what you could be hunting so if you're hunting right now good luck and uh, today we're going to be joined by Brett Conan and we're going to talk about this is just a very simple episode products that throughout the years we have become very confident in Uh, what gets us to the point where we're confident in a product how we deem whether or not something is, uh, uh, Brett takes this term, proven, right? And once something is proven, then we can be confident in it. And so it's just a really good episode about products that we're confident in. And it's, uh, I like this episode. I had, I had fun recording it. All right, so I'm not going to do too much BS in here. I'm just going to get right into the podcast, but we got to do the commercials first. First and foremost, if you're looking for a hunting app, look no further than HuntStand. Uh, HuntStand allows you to document all of your outdoor uh, hunting adventures uh, by marking where you see deer, uh, organizing your trail camera pictures, uh, you know, scrapes, rubs, tree stands, trail cameras, 
trails, beds, crit crossings, all that stuff, right? And ultimately, it becomes a journal for you to reference when you go out and hunt. And all that data that you've collected is just, it's basically allowing you to use that information to forecast for the next time that you're uh, out. Now, recently, Hunt Stand has upgraded to a pro whitetail platform they have a a little upgrade option and so what you can do is you can go in there and go to huntstand.com read up on all the new functionality with this pro whitetail platform i think they have some newer maps they have some uh forecasting uh data that's in there they have a rut time like a rut map and then just a whole bunch of other really cool uh functionality for like a serious whitetail hunter and so uh, huntstand.com go check it out if you're looking for a saddle uh, go check out tethered Uh, not only does tethered uh, have the the saddle the platforms the climbing sticks and all the uh, saddle hunting accessories that you need but they also have a very deep stable of content that you can reference i guess you would say in order to learn shorten the learning curve and become better educated on how to become a better saddle hunter how to use it properly uh, tips tricks shortcuts tactics uh, mods things like that there's a lot of uh, really cool information so if you're looking for a, a saddle go check out tethered and then last but not least it's that time i mean it's it's that time in life or I don't even know like it's just popular to document your hunts right whether you take a video camera in the tree or you use something like a tacticam uh, on your bow or in the tree or on your gun a tacticam allows you to document your hunts so that way you can go back show your kids show your uncle show your non-hunting friends uh, and and I think my favorite is to show somebody that you did see a buck and it was as big as you said it was so they have a new 6.0 version that just came out, and so it has image stabilization. It has an LCD screen, 4K. It's It truly is badass. So if you're looking for an action camera that can be mounted to your gun or bow, go check out Tacticam. And I think that's it. Yep, my paper says that's it. And let's get into today's, I guess, Confident Products Hunting Gear Podcast episode. Enjoy. All right, on the phone with me today, Mr. Brett Conan. Right? Did I say your name yes, right? Yes, sir. Conan. Yep. Like Got Conan, it. like Conan the Destroyer. Yes, sir. That's it. Are you Are you the Destroyer? Uh just the killer. <laughs> there we go. You just kill some shit, and, and uh, but you don't kind of like you don't try to take over the entire woods. No, not okay. at all. All right, all right, all right. So, welcome to the uh, the hunting gear podcast and we're going to get into the the hunting gear and equipment um uh, here in a second but dude you you laid down a giant this year yeah i got a new piece of property this year and uh i had pictures of a, a deer that was bigger than him that uh i found out the day that i shot that one that he got killed two weeks prior so yeah then it was then it was everything for that one yeah what state do you live in Kansas. Kansas. Okay. Man, that's a that's a state that I think I'm going to be hunting for the first time the, the 2023 season. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, you know, getting out there and seeing what Kansas has to offer. Uh it sounds like it's a pretty badass state to hunt. 
there's a booner behind every tree, right? Just like <laughs> Iowa. Just like Iowa, right? <laughs> right? Man, I, I wish that was the case because my wall would look a lot better uh, than what it does now if that was the case. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Same. <laughs> All right. So, um, and, and actually, we're going to schedule, after this, we're going to schedule another uh, interview with you on the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast to discuss uh, your success in the woods this year, but we're going to talk about hunting gear and equipment right now. So I'm going to ask you a very high level question right now. All right. About, about the hunting gear and the equipment that you use, uh, every single year when it comes to making a decision on what piece of equipment you're going to buy or, or the, the amount that you want to spend on something, what does that decision look like for you? Uh, so the biggest thing for me is, is it proven? Okay. Has it been proven throughout the industry that, that it works? Um, money, this is my main hobby. So the money aspect, I'm going to, if it's a proven product that I've seen work time and time again, then I'm going to, I'm going to spend the money on it. Okay. Define proven to me. What's that look like for you? So you've got the proven killers throughout the industry. Um, whether it's Levi Morgan or yourself or the Drury's. Um, and then I go into, after I see them use it, then I go in and start researching, you know, is it going to fit into my style of hunting? Because I don't have, you know, all the acres in the world. I've got small tracks that I can hunt and, uh, I, I just pick the ones that I can put into my, my personal right hunting experiences right okay so including myself right we know mm-hmm. that uh um i don't know I, i'm just going to use wasp broadheads for a second because i have one sitting right in front of me right i get paid by wasp to say good things about their product right and and talk you know yep. talk about it just like the juries do just like levi morgan does all right mm-hmm. so once someone like myself or them starts talking about it do you think like like do you think hey well these guys are paid these guys are paid to say that like then how does that go into your decision making as well i mean you guys are paid to say that but at the same time you guys are only going to use that product if you believe it works and you see that it works okay and you know i've bought several different broadheads over the years and i've gone with about everyone you can think of yeah and i i personally keep coming back to and have been using for the last probably seven years now uh schwacker okay yeah yeah (laughs) so we have um you know you look to the proven killers like you said to to i don't bring basically bring the products to light and then you go in and do your own research, right? What does your yep. what what does your personal research look like as far as what are you researching to determine whether a product is good or not? So I'll look at the specs of it. Um, and then I, I read all the reviews from people and then I'll go out and buy whatever product it is and test it in the field myself. Okay. Um the, the biggest one I can say this year that I started using and I was leery of because I'm not a, 
I'm not a gimmicky kind of guy. I don't like all the artificial stuff. Yep. But nose jammer. Yeah, dude. I I started using that this year, and I had five different hunts where I had deer all around me yeah. all evening long, and it just the, they smell it. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but they they lift their head up and they'll sniff around for a few minutes, and then they just go back about their business. Yeah. It was it was insane how well that worked for yeah. me. Yeah, isn't it crazy, man? Uh, and it is it it did kind of start out as a uh, a gimmicky product when they first came to Lila. Like, Here, spray this on you yourself and on your tree, and mm-hmm. they they won't know. I actually interviewed the owner, the the previous owner of it. I'm not sure if he still owns the company or not. Uh, on how it works, the science behind it, and the fact that I I guess what he told me was that. If you walk into a bar, I don't I don't know uh, how old you are, but back in the day, you could walk into a bar and they allowed cigarette smoking in a bar. Yeah, right. You'd walk in and yep. it's just whoom this this heavy heavy smell of cigarettes. But by the time the night goes on, you're not smelling cigarettes anymore because your your brain has balanced out your nose. Right. So it's an initial yep. overwhelming. Uh, of scent and vanilla that gets into the deer and so that with with the idea that they're not smelling anything else except the vanilla and so or that the nose jammer and so dude i'll be honest with you i've seen it work too man Uh, and i am a i'm a nose jammer guy right and yeah i don't know about here i'd like to hear your opinion on this but it's funny how we try to be as scent free as possible and then spray that shit all over our bodies and tree and bow and everything oh yeah (laughs) it's it's insane how the measures that we take you know washing our clothes and putting it in a tote that never gets touched besides when you get out of the truck to hunt yeah and then you go spray something that smells like you got it from your wife's cabinet and bed bath and beyond or whatever (laughs) it's just like a scented candle taking a scented candle in the woods with you right it's like the first time i sprayed it i was like i think i just made a big mistake right it it worked right all right so for me i sprayed on my boots and clothing and like i i load myself up with it before every hunt okay mm-hmm. but i uh i don't spray it on the trees i think they they recommend bringing it into the woods with you as well and spraying it at the base of the tree and then once more at the top of the tree um how do you use it so i spray it from about knees down so that way anything i touch um going in mm-hmm. will smell like that yeah and then i did take it in the tree and if I've got deer going to my downwind side, I will spray it before they get there and just kind of let that mist go right over top of them, and it 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 worked great this year. Oh, so, so you see them coming, you think there's a chance they get downwind, and then you'll let a little bit of it out? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, I've done that before, too. Uh, so, so you are a believer— in in nose jammer yes like you would recommend it to your buddies and and to the listeners right now oh yeah yeah i I never would have thought it but yes after using it this year it it, it's a game changer yeah yeah i use it every year and i even use it a little bit out west i don't carry it with me the whole day but right before my hunts i'll spray you know 
uh, before I leave the truck mm-hmm. or leave the tent, I'll I'll spray some down with me. Uh, I don't know. I like it. Do you, do you use any other scent free products or or I don't know, like a like ozone or or any other like I don't know cover sprays or scents or anything like that. I'll use the scent elimination sprays, you know, for the rest of my gear. Yeah. Uh, my my backpack and and hat and all that and all my camo and then at the very end then i spray that nose jammer from the knees down yeah okay all right have you ever have you ever used ozone before i have one time um i borrowed a buddy's ozonics yeah and uh i i used it in a ground blind and i i didn't really have deer come downwind to me so i didn't notice if it worked or not yeah um I've got several buddies that use it and swear by it, but I just, I haven't bought one yet. Yeah. I, I think the real benefit for me with ozone is yes, in the tree, it, I've seen it perform very well. Uh, not as well this year for some reason. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with inconsistent winds, but I've seen it mm-hmm. perform very well in the tree. But I think where ozone really shines is in the clothing cleansing uh, portion of it. And so uh, for me, I have a, an ozone bag that, or an ozonics bag and an ozonics. Mm -hmm. And then after every hunt or before, so after every hunt, I'll hang it in this little, uh, I guess you'd call it a closet, zip it up, run a cycle, go to bed, whatever. And then right before I wake up, I turn on, turn it on and I, you know, like brush my teeth and, and get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then while that's run, while that's running. And so it, it runs another cycle and dude, I'm telling you with a fresh cycle of ozone on your clothes and that, uh, nose jammer, uh, on my boots walking into the stand, I feel like my access routes are just like, I feel invisible at times. Like, like nothing, like I can smell it, the ozone on my clothing and I'll spray yeah. it down. I just, I've, I feel invincible. I feel like I'm getting away with murder literally uh, on, on that. And setup. that's what we strive for. Exactly. Absolutely. You're a hundred percent right. And so I don't know. I just, it's like, I just talked about this on another uh, podcast about the hunting gear and equipment and it, and it's about feeling confident in your setup and your process. Right. And, and so outside of nose jammer, are there any other products that you can think of? Like just the, the very first product that pops into your mind that you're, that you're very confident in. The next thing I would say I'm confident in is the, uh, extinguisher grunt call. Okay. And the, the black rack, the black rack. It's, it works. Okay. (laughs) I, I, so just this uh, this last weekend, my my brother is working on trying to get his first buck. Okay. And he he uh, wanted me to go out with him and and uh, change batteries in a camera and fill a feeder up. And I told him, bring your crossbow. You know, <clears throat> we're gonna sneak into this property first and see if we can't get anything stirred up. Okay. And we get we get set up by a little cedar tree and some timber and I start rattling and going through a grunt sequence. And within three minutes, we've got a probably a mid one forties 10 that has his ears pinned back and is just coming in on a string. 
yeah. and called him all the way into 11 yards. He circled downwind of us, and uh, he didn't get a shot. And <clears throat> so, you know, I'm kind of bummed. Got got a deer 11 yards and didn't get a shot. And then all of a sudden we hear a grunt. And so I go back to Colin, and I get set up on the side of the tree that he's on this time. And I'm going through that same sequence. I'm rattling, and then I start scraping the ground and rustling the leaves like I'm making a scrape. And I hear something directly behind us walking straight to us. And I get another buck, probably, you know, 120s, 130s, 10, and call him to eight yards. And we're just set up on the ground. And he couldn't get a shot when he was at eight yards, but he did end up getting a shot at 27 and uh, hit him low and didn't didn't have a lethal shot. But having those two products there, I mean, I, I wouldn't have been able to have them yeah. sub 10 yards without them. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. And, and that right there is uh, it's again, a confidence builder when you, when you can repeat something. And this year, uh, I had a, uh, I talk about this all the time. I had the same grunt tube for 12 years. Okay. And I ended up losing it, fell out of my backpack, uh, walking in and out on an old property a handful of years ago. And so then I went to a Gander mountain and I started taking all of the package like i i took the grunt tubes out of all these packages and i I was blowing on it people must have thought i was crazy and then this like teenager who was like a part-time jobber came up to me and he's like i don't think you're supposed to take those out of the packages and i just looked at him and he turned around and walked away i was like i'm doing this buddy all right you're not gonna stop me And so how I do you know up, if it's going to, I mean, how do you know if it's going to be the exactly. one that you want, if you can't test it out? Exactly. Exactly. And so I ended up, man, going through like, I want to say 10 different grunt calls and ended up going with, uh, some bone collector one that sounded the most mm-hmm. like this. And that's the one I still have the day, but dude, yep. there, there is nothing better than having a buck in the distance kind of cruise by you. That's out of shooting range. And you hit them with the and they stop yep. it. They, they, they want us, they don't want to come, but they get so mm-hmm. curious that they turn and they come your way. That is dude. I love, love doing that. That's what it's all about to me Yeah, is yeah. being able to manipulate the deer into that bow range. Oh yeah. Um, it's second to none. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And now, and so I carry rattling antlers with me, like shed antlers. Mm-hmm. What What is it about the black rack specifically that you like? This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's, to me, it was easier to carry. Okay. Um, I'll give you that. And, you know, it, the the rattling antlers, I probably should have just cut the brow tines off. Yeah. But I have a hard time um, tearing up a good shed antler. 
Yeah. And so I got tired of smashing my thumbs when it was super cold out <laughs> and you're rattling and you smash your thumbs about five times. That's a fact. <laughs> it's like, no, we're going to find something else. Right. Uh, so, so I'm, I'm going to say I, this. I'm going to say this. For everybody right now who's listening to this, if you've never smashed your thumbs or your fingertips uh, while rattling, you are not rattling hard enough. Correct. Correct. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. All right. Yeah, man. When it comes to like uh, the rattling antlers, um, I've I've been able to cut the brow tines off a couple of them, but they're they're on properties that I no longer have permission to hunt. So I know oh, I'll, yeah. I'll never be able to use those sheds in like killing a deer or, or a, a mount situation, right? So anyway, yep. and so you were saying about the black rack, it's easy to carry. Like, do you feel it sounds like what What else about it that you like? Just the ease of it. And then yeah. I feel like it sounds just like, I mean, I've, I've probably called in five deer that I've shot with them. Yeah. Uh, for myself, for my kids and, and, uh, other family members and just being able to have that confidence in the, the, that is, is where it's at for me. Right. You know, I could do, I could do the same thing with shed antlers, but I've had that black rack now for probably the last eight or nine years. And it's just one of those things that it's strapped to my backpack. And as soon as I get in the tree, it, it goes on the branch and just it's, it's there. Yeah. There, was, there used to be a product. I don't know if they make it anymore. I'm, I'm sure they do. Uh, but it was a a little device that you would clip to your, maybe your belt or your waistline or a pocket. And then it was two pieces. And so you could you could make the rattling sound with one hand. You know, because right now, if well, I want to okay. rattle, I, I, if I want to rattle, I have to take two yep. hands you know, and if a deer comes in hard and fast, then I have to set it down, grab my bow. That's not very efficient. And this little thing was able to make the noise. And then you would just set it. I think it was a magnet or a, a like a, a Lego piece almost to where you would just clip it back in. And then you could, then you had your hand free again. Was it, was it the night and hail? Could have been. I, th- I think. Yeah. You kind of crunch them together. Yeah. Could have been. Yep. Yep. I think I, I've seen them. I, I've never used one. Um, and I've had them come screaming in on me, you know, you don't have time, but more times than not, I've been able to, to, uh, w- which in Kansas, it's pretty wide open. So yeah. I can usually see them coming from quite a ways off. Yeah. And, uh, then I, then I can get set up and ready. I've had a couple of times where they were on me before I knew it, but yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, let's see here. Black rack, the extinguisher grunt call. Um, oh, by the way, if you were if you were one of my buddies, uh, I, I used to talk about this a long time ago about like gimmicky products, and I always felt like the black rack mm-hmm. was a gimmicky product, and so I would <laughs> I would tease my buddies who would buy the black rack. I'm not going to tease you because you're hey, you know, bring it on. <laughs> you 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 kill giants with it, and it works right. So um, and so I don't know. I just always. Like when I played rugby, if there was a guy who would wear a scrum hat and it's it's like a basically mm-hmm. a, a leather covering, we would tease them, you know, and call them pussy because because <laughs> they would, you know, they they were sissies, right? Like that. So just oh, kind of, yeah. I'm not calling you a sissy or anything like that. I'm just saying I used to tease people about buying back black racks. You 
you can call me a sissy all you want because I don't like smashing my thumb. Exactly. So I am kind of a sissy. That's all right. Hey, I watch this. Next year I'll be I'll be talking about how I used a black rack in the tree in twenty twenty three. What's Come up? to Kansas, we'll we'll black rack it together. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What uh what's the next uh product that uh you've used over the years or maybe it's brand new that you've uh that you've gained confidence in? Uh Victory Arrows. Okay. Okay. That that with so I've got the uh tack veins. Yep. And I've got them four fletched. Yep. And man it's it's a confidence builder just being able to know that you're going to hit your spot yes um 100 in the summertime agree. in the summertime i practice out to 80 and 100 yards that way during season i know you know 40 50 and in yeah. i'm it, it looks like a the bullseye is five feet around right isn't that awesome <laughs> like it, it's an awesome feeling just having confidence in in oh, yeah. the flight of your arrow out of your bow right and when you take those extra steps to really focus on the the tuning of it right mm-hmm. and so what is your uh what does your total arrow weight come out to roughly when you have your like you said you use schwacker broadheads yep schwacker yep. the four fletches and your arrow it's around 440 440 okay all right yeah, and, and so I have a similar setup to you. I, in the past, when I jumped to um, uh, try to get a heavier arrow, right, there was, mm-hmm. a, there was a year where I was going through, or there was a period where every year I bought different brands of arrows to try to find what I wanted. I mean, I went through the yep. um, Full Metal Jackets, the, you know, the Easton yeah, Full Metal Jackets, the, uh, what was it, Easton Access, uh, was mm-hmm. it that's one that's one when the heavier ones of those uh there was a couple there was a year where i went carbon express um and i got the heaviest you one. sound just like me yeah and so then i landed on uh, a company it's when i originally saw the company it was an i think it was an australian company zeller arrows since then <laughs> they have changed it's similar it's the similar arrow the company's been bought and rebranded to day six and here's what i like it's it it, in my opinion it's just superior right and so i absolutely and so i have a four fletch uh comes with uh the day six fletchings four fletched my my total arrow weight is 524 and then i put the wasp jackhammer broadhead on the front of it and and okay. so my yeah my total error weight is yeah 524 and so then i think the most important step for me was i have this crowbar basically with a broadhead on the front of it that i'm throwing down range i, I need <laughs> yeah. yeah i need to have a i need to have a my bow tuned properly and so the arrow i know it's going to do its job cuz it's weighted properly I needed to match that to my bow, so I took the extra step of yep. going, taking it in, tuning it up, and and then you get out there and watch that arrow fly, and it's just like, oh, dude, something is gonna die in in like five months. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. So, yeah. um, so then, 
with your with your arrow, I mean, it sounds to me like you went through a progression of trying to find what fit you. Um, do you do that with a lot of your arrows or, um, or not arrows per se, but a lot of your gear where you'll cycle through something until you find something you like, or are you the guy who likes to experiment every single year, regardless if something works? No, once I find something that works, I pretty well stick to it. Um, and then if it fails me, then I, then I might start looking, but, um, I mean, I shot carbon express the Maximus for, for quite a while and then i noticed they were you know just even target shooting and and anytime i shot a deer it seemed like they were brittle and broke yeah and so and so i I went on the move again yeah and uh what like how often i mean what what would happen how how does this how does this work for you maybe you've had to go through this maybe you haven't where you've been using a product quite a while and then something happened and you're like, you start to question that product. And maybe it's a, a bad blood trail or a bad hit or, I don't know, uh, for example, sometimes uh, on, an, on a, a different grunt tube that I had used in the past, when it would get cold out, if I blew in it, it would sound mm. like a kazoo instead of yes. a deer, right? And so yep. I, I, I'm like, okay, this is great, but then when it freezes – this doesn't work anymore. So I have to find something, you know, it sounded great yep. in October, early November, but if I'm trying to grunt in mid November, I'm toast. Right. So what's yep. that look like for you? So I used to shoot fixed blade yeah. broadheads and I wasn't getting the blood trail that I liked. Okay. And I felt like the, just for the, what I was doing, you know, it's all about shot placement and all that. But yep. for some of the shots that I had, I felt like the deer were going further than they should have. Okay. And not having as as good of a blood trail as I had in the past. And so then that's when I went back to Swacker. And I got cheap one year. And somebody had given me Rage Hyperdermics yeah. to, to try out. And I shot two deer with those lost both of them. And I was like, Nope, I'm, I'm sticking with Schwacker and I, I won't change just because right. I've had the success with them. Yeah. Rage is an interesting product you, that you bring up because there are it, on this podcast or people that I talk to uh, just in, in passing and, and the, the, the brand rage comes up and Rage is yep. one of those brands and, and has a product that is just like, dude, I love my Rage broadheads. And equally as many people have shared stories with me about how much they hate them and that they will never use them again because they felt like it cost them a deer. Now, in Rage's defense, if that broadhead would have went through the lungs or the heart, game over 100 percent, right and so i just got done talking about this uh, on a instagram story that i did about why why am i confident in wasp broadheads it's because of the marginal shots right so the true test of any broadhead is marginal shots or when it hits bone or you know if if it's back in the guts how much damage is it doing in those arenas and that's where i gain confidence 
that's where I gained confidence in Wasp. But yeah. nobody will ever know. If, like if you drill lungs and heart every single time, you're not gonna have you're not gonna have a clue what your broadhead is if it's good or bad because you've made great shots, but you put it back in the exactly. liver or in the shoulder, and now we start having these questions, right? And so, yep. what was it about the rage when you had those two bad and uh, you know those two bad shots or whatever it was? Were they good shots? Were they bad shots? Walk that walk that us through that. So the first one. It was, it was a marginal shot. One of those that hit, he was quartering away. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was about 23 yards. I didn't have time to range him. Thought he was 23. He ended up being about 27. So I hit him low. He bled like a stuck hog, but also at the same time, I mean, I tracked him for three quarters of a mile and then I had him on camera three days later. And, uh, that was two years ago. And I, I actually just got a picture of him again this morning, so oh, he's still okay. alive. All right. So do you feel <clears throat> that if you had another head, like a different head or maybe a schwacker that you have now, and you hit that deer in the same spot that the Rage did, do you feel that that deer, would you would have killed that deer and you were, would have been able to recover it? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I can't say for certain, but yeah. I've got so much confidence in Schwacker now that, you know, it's it's one of those things that that uh, if I lose, let the arrow go, I I feel like it's going to kill it. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. All right. And then what was your next uh, bad experience with the, the the rage? I had a full frontal shot and I hit him absolutely perfect. I couldn't have dreamed it up any better. And I had very, very minimal blood and tracked him for quite a ways. And then that very next morning, I had pictures of him coming right back to the feeder. And it was like, huh, okay. <laughs> so so, so it, it, he just, got shot and then got hungry? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, I've, That's yeah, nice. I can't explain that one. I still much- have no idea. How much penetration do you think you got on that shot? It was, I had full penetration. It, it hit right in the throat and went down out, out the bottom. It was, it was, a. I mean, it was blood soaked arrow. And for whatever reason, I mean, it was in the middle of the rut and yeah. Well, it sounds to me like it didn't hit any main arteries or like, no. were, were you in and, a tree? I was on the ground. I I actually uh, spot and stalked that one. Yeah. So was there so was we, there bone deflection? You think where it hit something I'm and then probably went straight down? I, yeah, that's what I'm guessing happened. Yeah, because uh, I've seen videos of guys shooting. I think it was a rage. It and it was a quartering quartering away shot, and it mm-hmm. hit a rib, deflected 
it out and it went between the it went between the ribs and the skin. It didn't go into yes, the in, into the cavity. And I'm not 100% sure if that was rage or not, but yeah. The, I've I I saw that video and and hear have heard um people saying that. The other thing that I have seen on camera is a guy and and hey, I'm I'm going to say that I'm guessing a lot of people don't properly tune their bows to their arrows like they should. All right. They probably oh, don't yeah. practice as much with their broadheads like they should. So this may not be a rage issue, but I will say this. Um, I've seen arrows just take off in a different direction with their heads on it, like planing. They call it planing, right? Where yep. it's going right there. And then it's just like, there's no wind or anything. And the, the arrow just goes and planes yep. like curveballs out of the picture. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, I, I, I will. And I don't know. Yeah. I, like I said, every, for every guy there that, that hates those rages, there's another group of guys who love rages and, and have had great exactly. success, success with them. So I'm not here to shit talk the company, but, uh, nope. you know, that's just my experience with, with those heads. Exactly. So, all right, uh, broadheads and, and Schwacker, like, and so you were telling me Schwacker, you have confidence in Schwacker. What, what was the experience that you had when you were just like, dude, I love these heads. I shot a deer in the liver. Okay. And, you know, it was a 25 yard shot through some brush and it was at the time my biggest deer hit him a little far back he jumped out about 20 yards and just stood there and you could just see the blood just pouring out of him and then he just took off and you know a liver shot usually takes a while and he was dead within 80 yards yes yep I, dude i've had a, i've had a liver shot like that in 2017 where it was he was complete broadside it was a little right as i released he took a step forward and i hit yep. direct liver probably both lobes of it i believe and passed through he he looped 40 yards around me and fell over dead went uh, uh, dead and bled <laughs> yep. out like just bled out that fast and so man you you put a you put a a good broadhead in the liver and it's going down. Mm-hmm. So, so good. So that, that was your, that was your, uh, schwacker moment, so to speak. Yep. Okay, cool. 100%. Cool. All right. Now let's talk about, um, uh, some other products that you are, that you're very confident in. The next one I would say is my bow. Okay. Um, I've I've shot several different ones and I've got a Matthews VXR and it just gives all the confidence in the world. Yeah. The first year I actually bought it uh, was 2020, I think, and I sh I ended up shooting my deer at 45 yards from the ground on my knees, not an ideal situation, and it just pinwheeled him. Yeah. So having that confidence in my bow, the arrow set up and everything else. And, uh, that year I actually switched to a thumb release Okay. over the, over the wrist strap. And it, I feel like that's made a big difference in, 
in my release and not punching the trigger yeah. and really going through the mechanics of my shot. Yeah. What do you think it is about? So you shoot a Matthews right now, right? Yep. Is this a bow that you're going to stick with for a while? Or are you going to upgrade to, I don't know, they have this new phase four or whatever they're calling it out. I think I'm going to stick with this one for a while. It is a shooter. Yeah. Um, I, I usually stick with a bow five, six years, and then I get the itch for a new one. Yeah. But I, I don't, I don't know if, and if I do buy a, a new one, I'll probably just keep this one. Yeah. Um, because I do have so much confidence in it. Yeah. My last bow, I had a, I had a Hoyt and the only reason I bought it is cause I got a great deal on it and I just never, it was it would just rattle the crap out of your hands. Yeah. Was so it a I carbon? Ended up having to put a, was no, it, it wasn't. No, okay. No, it was the Nitrum 30. And just rattled you. And so I put a long stabilizer on it, which helped a little bit and just kind of got used to it. But then I got the itch and went and shot a Matthews. And I was like, this thing is completely dead in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how... and. I will, I will say this, we have all these different products, uh, all these different bow manufacturers in, in the archery bow hunting space. Yep. There is what I'm going to say is the middle ground. There's not really a garbage bow in my opinion, a, no. a company nope. there, there's a, cause if with proper practice, you can go out and, and kill something with that, but and, and I feel like every year those companies are gaining ground. Then we have what I would call the the higher end bows. And so we have uh, Matthews, Bowtech, uh, Elite. Um, PSE now is starting to creep in on like is in is in that Hoyt is in that. I guess you would say what's another brand that I'm missing here? Prime. Prime. Yes, Prime is in that uh, category. But then I feel out of those, there are three, I'm saying three bows that are just superior to that. And in my, and in my opinion, it's prime and Bowtech um, right now. After shooting the last Matt, like I've never used to be a Matthews fan mm-hmm. until the last time I went to the ATA show and, and shot it. And I felt like it was much better than previous years, in my opinion. And, uh, and so those three companies, I would say, um, like, I just like the prime logic was one of my favorite bows of all time. And then something happened in, in that time frame from then to now that I just, I, I don't like it as much. And again, this mm-hmm. is this is personal preference here because I there was a time where I shot a lot of bows to test them out. PSE yep. though is one of those brands that I never used to like, and it's slow, exactly <laughs> it's slowly creeped up uh, into uh, one of those categories where it's like, hey man, these guys are making some strides, and I like it. Uh, so uh, I've heard, uh, yeah, I've heard the new ones are shooters, yeah. And I almost, I almost, it, my, my final two decisions for the last time I got a bow was a, that, uh, a PSE and a Bowtech. And I ended up going with a Bowtech. Mm-hmm. And so 
But when it comes to confidence now, dude, like I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm a hundred percent there yet, but Bowtech in the last handful of years has done some, in my opinion, some really cool things and that bow fits me really well. And so I'm starting to, I'm, I'm not necessarily a brand loyal guy, but I do, I, I am currently very confident in the product lines that they're putting out. And so, man, I don't know, like I, there's, I'm sure there's other bows that are, are similar, but I'm kind of like, I'm feeling good about Bowtech right now. And so I think, I don't know if I'm going to upgrade this year or if I'm going to stay the same, but, uh, uh, the bow that I currently have is shooting better than I have, sh- like m- helping me shoot better more than I've ever shot before. And so I don't know, take that how you want to take it. Yeah. And, and finding, finding the bow that fits you. I mean, exactly. not ever, not everybody's going to like the fit of a Bowtech or a Matthews or a Hoyt. And then also, do you think the reason for your, your confidence in that bow is because you've taken the time to tune it or just it's the bow. That's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, I, I feel like, again, I said it earlier in the episode, people aren't taking the time to, to take that extra step and really do the cam timing. I think the cam timing yep. has a, plays a huge role in, in that. Um, maybe some paper tuning, uh, you know, to make sure your rest is on yep. on point and then to make sure your arrows coming out of the, the rest straight and the rest just kind of falls into play. And so yep. it, you have to tune it to match your arrow. And so I took not this year, beginning of this year, but when I got the bow brand new, I took it to uh, and we, we did the whole thing. We did paper tuning. We did cam, uh, cam timing. And he put some extra twists, took some extra twists out, moved my peep sight where it needed to be. And, and before I bought my Bowtech, I was a 29-inch. Like, every bow I had was 29 inches. Yep. And every guy I ever went to said, hey, man, this is, uh, you know, you're a 29-inch draw. I went to a brand-new Bowtech, uh, not like a, not Bowtech the brand, but yeah. a, a Bowtech yep. at a shop. He saw mm-hmm. me draw a 29 inch and he goes, you're a 30. That's the first words out of his mouth. He's like, you're too short. Your shoulders aren't back enough. And you look, you look collapsed in on. And so I was like, okay, let's, I'd never, I had never shot a 30 inch before. And he put, he puts me in a 30 and it's just like, holy shit. It just felt so much more comfortable. I felt like I exactly. was extended and now <laughs> like I have that extra inch in my draw length and now my, my arrows are performing even better. Right. And so, yep. and so I felt confident. So yes, that's a great question. That is an excellent question because I do like the, the draw cycle, the, uh, the let off the hand, the lack of hand shock in the Bowtech, but it's probably because I got it tuned properly. Right. So Mm -hmm. in order to really test out bows and this sucks because it takes a lot of time. If you were going, you would have to tune every bow that you shot to you. And that would just be almost impossible to do. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how did you go about then? Like every time you start to look at bows, how do you go about saying, all right, this is what I want, or, you know, do you always start with the same brand or are there, 
is there a, uh, like a, a check boxes that you have to check in order to to be happy with your your new pick? I I don't have a brand that I just go. Um, I we've got a pretty phenomenal local archery shop, and I'll just go in there and and be like, I want to try out this bow, and so they'll set it up, and I start firing arrows, and if if I like it, you know, great. If not, I go on to the next one. And honestly, when I went in this last time, I was wanting the, I think it was the VXR 31, 31 and a half is what it was. And they didn't have it. And so I went in, I went ahead and shot the 28 and I was like, holy smokes. I, I, it just instant. I knew. And yeah. so th- then that's what I ended up with and then started tuning it and, and, uh, making sure everything was right. And when I do go buy a new bow, you know, I, I make sure I set it up exactly how I want it with the rest, the site, you know, everything that I want on it. So that way I, I, you know, I'm not skimping on anything. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm not going to consider myself (laughs) brand loyal either, but, um, I just kind of go with what feels the best at that, at that particular time. And, uh, you know, just so happened that uh, a handful of years, it was prime. Uh, and then a handful, well, let me, let me kind of go back. Um, I'm trying to think the very first ever bow I bought with my own money was a Bowtech tribute. And then I shot that for a handful of years. And then I got into a bed with a, a, a company that made videos and so their sponsor was um elite so i shot you know mm-hmm. elites for a handful of years which is actually a really good bow I, I i really do i really did like elites back then and then there's something about their draw cycle right now i just can't get i don't know just it's not bad but it just it's just off for me a little bit on on the elites yeah. like again i haven't since since the ata show has been canceled the last two years i haven't been able to or canceled one year i was sick the the next year so i haven't been able to get out and shoot every bow like i had in the past mm-hmm. uh, with that said though a um, lot of great a uh, lot of great brands out there that make a lot of good bows uh, in just about every price point and like i said earlier yes the bow manufacturers that I would consider middle of the road are now starting to make some really cool strides um, uh, into into like just being better than what they were in the past. And and one of those bows, I'm trying to think, it was Obsession. I think it was an Obsession bow yes. that I was like back in the yep. day. I was like, yeah, this is this one sucks. But now it's like, holy cow, this is actually big strides for that company. Yeah. So, well. We've been talking for about uh, 47 minutes and 30 seconds today. Um, we had a really good BS session about you know what makes us uh, confident. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you for taking time yep. out of your day. Right now, we're, are you pulled over on the side of the road or at a, like a truck stop or something? I'm pulled over on a dirt road right now. Oh, perfect. Well, you got great reception. Thanks for taking time out of your day, and good luck the rest of the season, man. Yep. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it.